Welcome to Healthy Perspectives Podcast with Jeremiah, where we provide clinical perspectives on current social and cultural issues. And don't forget, you can subscribe at Podbean, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe at any or all of them. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Getter, Twitter, and many other social media sites. Or you can email us at healthy perspectives with an S at protonmail.com. Donald Trump makes a trip to Washington, D.C., and social media and media, regular media, blows up. Why? I saw this uh, happening, and I, I decided, you know what, let's, let's tr- address this directly. Uh, I did this uh, podcast back in probably June. Um, I was talking about Matthew McConaughey and his, his talk when, when he... Uh, it was after the shootings in Texas. And in that, I mentioned kind of in passing, not, I didn't go into great detail about cultural capital. Uh, so today, I want to take a, a minute and I want to break down a few things. Uh, one, I want to break down what is social capital, what is cultural capital, and then what is social power. Um, there's, look, there, there are books, there are uh, professors that spend their entire life studying this stuff. So this is by no means going to cover all of it, but I'm going to give you a, a basic foundation for this uh, in light of Donald Trump going to Washington, D.C. and watching people react. Uh, I want to first point out something that it always seems to, I don't know, it, it's intriguing to me. Let's just go with that. It, it intrigues me. He goes to Washington, D.C. People like him or hate him. And what happens is whether you like him or you hate him, you're influenced by him. That when you get when we get to the end of this podcast is I'm I'm painting this picture for you is social power. If you take time out of your day to give to somebody you don't like. That's giving away your power to them. That's social power. If you give away your power to somebody that you like, that's social power. So how do we reduce someone's social power? Well, the answer is really simple. It's very, very simple. And we're going to summarize with that at the end. So stick with me and let's go. Start with cultural uh, capital, as I was. Let's start with social capital, because this is a building block, right? Building blocks, uh, it goes in in this order. Social capital, cultural capital, and then social power. And uh, you'll understand once we get through. So we'll start with uh, social capital. Social capital is resources gained by the result of social relationships or belonging. Right. If if your involvement in a group changes uh, what you get and what they get, that is what we call social capital. There are three types that are typically discussed in the uh, you know social science, uh, psychological science arenas. You've got bonds, bridges, and links. Now those are just saying proximities. So if you uh, anybody who's ever been on uh, LinkedIn. You know, they put that first, second, third degree. 
that's kind of the same sort of concept. You're basically talking about bonds, the people who have similar age, jobs, hobbies, relationships. Like these are people that you would have close proximity to. They might be people that you uh, you interact with directly in your workplace uh, or in your home, stuff like that. Those would be bonds. The bridges are going to be those second degrees. Those are going to be people that um, you may never actually have contact with uh, in in direct direct contact in life. Sometimes you do, uh, but you you do connect loosely to them. So that would be like your workplace. You may end up having to call another uh, facility that's similar and you've connected to maybe their receptionist. And as a result, you've got their contact and you put them in your LinkedIn. And, you know, there's some direct type of interaction, whether that be through social media, texting, emailing, stuff like that. But you don't necessarily know them well. Second degree. And the third degree is a little further than that, but that's the ability to say, get to that receptionist at that other facility and then have them connect you to a third party. So that would be the third degree or links. You might think pretty quickly that, hey, those connections are, those are, those are great. Um, what we're looking at there is similarities and connections based off of beliefs, roles, goals, Stuff like that. You know, those areas, you know, you might have a strong connection with somebody at church. You may have a bridge with somebody at a church. Um, You may have a strong connection with somebody at work, somebody that you hang out with routinely or work intimately with on a project, or you may have a bridge to somebody at work, right? It's somebody that, hey, they're in the same building, but they're in a different office and they have a totally different function. I bump into them sometimes at lunch right? Those similarities and connections, that's how we create social capital. Let's summarize real quick cultural capital. It's social assets that promote social mobility. That's what the, you, you would see that language. What does that mean? It's status that gives a person access to skills, education, and other advantages. Think about this. Cultural capital is essentially a status that gives a person access to skills, education, or other advantages. What kind of other advantages would we be talking about? I mean, you may be talking about knowledge. You may be talking about looks, right? Attractiveness. There's cultural capital in in being attractive to a larger number of people. Your demeanor, the way in which you carry yourself and talk to people, the way in which you work a floor if you go to a business conference, your accent If you go to a different country and they say, wow, you got a wonderful accent, Um, or if somebody from a different country comes here and you're like, wow, they got such a cool accent, it creates cultural capital, right? Uh, Clothing, etiquette, right? Having manners, right? These things create cultural capital. How? Well, they draw attention. Cultural capital, a lot of cultural capital is based on the ability to get attention. So you might go onto social media and find you've got 7,000 likes. There's some level of cultural capital. All right. How, how extensive is that? Well, it depends on how many of them are bots, how many of them are real. It depends on if they're interacting beyond the like, or if they are simply hitting the like button and moving on. That means they were probably relatively entertained, 
but they're not engaging beyond that. Right. When you get emails and phone calls and text messages, those are more intimate contacts. So you can see how quickly that becomes instead of, you know, that third degree link, the like button, it can become a bridge or a bond if we were looking at social capital, which again bleeds into cultural capital. And one of the primary things that I look for when I'm looking at cultural capital is how much emotion and thought is stirred by that person, right? A person with real cultural capital is going to stir emotion and thought, not always for the best things in the world. Sometimes it can be a very negative emotion or thought, but they stir it. That is cultural capital. You, you could talk about, um, People who uh, have have become mass murderers, they have cultural capital. I, I don't, you know, most people probably wouldn't use this as the example, but what I'm going to tell you makes sense when you understand cultural capital. They are influencing people to write books, to pay attention, to put their picture in the media. There is cultural capital there. I don't like that. I wish we would not pay so much attention to it. And then there's this other side of it that people study them so that we can learn what leads up to becomes, uh, you know, those kinds of symptomologies in a person. And I say symptomologies because to do that, you have to really go against our nature um, in so, so many ways. So if you understand now social capital and cultural capital, Let's take a look at social power. It's truly, when you break it down, like we could get into all the complexities of it, but when you break it down, it's the use of social capital, cultural capital, to set standards, create norms, and values, even in the midst of opposition, right? I say that last part, that, that's something that you're not going to necessarily read out there in a definition in a book. But I say that because of where I started this conversation. When I talked about Donald Trump going to Washington, D.C., what would have happened if he had gone and just walked into the FBI? He just walked in, right? Like, imagine the stir of emotion and thought. We already got a ton. But imagine what it could have been like if he had taken that step and used his position of, cult, of cultural capital to create this chaotic media environment beyond what he already did by just going to Washington, D.C. Now, should the guy be able to go to Washington, D.C.? As of right now, he's a free man. So, yeah, of course, like he should be able to go to Washington, D.C. and it shouldn't be a big deal. But because of his cultural capital... Like the idea that he sets standards, creates norms and values. That's a big deal that he goes to Washington, D.C. because it's a big deal with whatever he does. When we break down social power, there's really four categories. And you're going to see this in the research if you do it. Um, you know, the idea of an expert, somebody who's knowledgeable, that's social power. Uh, a referent, that means others connect to you. I mean, this is one of those things that politicians try to do routinely is 
they want you to think they're just like you. Well, it's interesting. I mean, we could have similarities. You know, uh, you know, a lot of uh, politicians um, will want you to think that they're, uh, you know, they've been on the farm or they've been at the border or they've done this or they've done that, even if they haven't, because it sends the message. I'm just like one of the people. I'm just like one of you. That's that referent concept. Reward, a connection to you serves them. That by example might be, oh, I know somebody at this place in the, in town that, you know, is hiring and, you know, just tell them I sent you that that's the reward, right? It, it, you know, in, in the political world, what that might look like is, oh, I'm connected to so-and-so and so-and-so and they both got elected. So vote for me. Cause I'm just like them. And then what they're trying to do is get the vote. Um, the, the last one is coercion. It's the fear of punishment from others. So it's the idea that we're going to do anything we can. It, it sort of ties into our, our, our human nature a little bit in that we don't want to be alone or alienated. Let me paint that for you as part of our summary here. The, the worst case scenario for a leader or somebody with cultural capital that's trying to achieve excuse me, who's trying to achieve social power, the worst case scenario for them would be to turn around and see nobody there. That's the worst case scenario. Think about this. You're leading a group of people into battle and you turn around and there's nobody there. That's like your worst nightmare as a leader or somebody who believes you have social capital, cultural capital, and social power. That's worst case. And then the last thing I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to you about what do we do if we don't like that somebody has social power? For instance, for some of you out there, you do not like Donald Trump at all. What would you do? If you don't like Donald Trump at all and you want him to have less social power, well, you would do the opposite of what a lot of people are doing. What you do is you stop paying attention to what they're doing because what happens is every moment that you spend paying attention to something that is outside of your influence and takes up your time, energy, and resources. You're losing that to something else. Something else is being missed because you're giving time, energy, and resources to something you don't even like. Now, if you believe that he's a threat, I understand why you would want to pay attention, but understand this. Every time you pay attention, it makes him bigger and more powerful. So if you like Donald Trump, you love positive or negative media attention because it increases his power and therefore increases, you know, that the idea, if you're on the Donald Trump bandwagon, you're at that moment going, yes, we're getting the, we're getting attention. And then you counter it with the other discussion or other argument right? And then it's getting double the attention and double the power. Now, some of you think that you're going to just tear him down. Well, 
that the best way to tear down a leader that is not leading in a way that you want has always been and will always be stop following them. Like at the end of the day, who cares that Donald Trump is in Washington, D.C.? Who cares? Unless, you know, unless he gets arrested, it's just another trip for another wealthy person who has a lot of social power, cultural capital, and social influence through social capital, which leads me to where do you belong in this discussion? You personally, you are the key, the key to somebody else's power. You may be going, why? Well, truth is a person only has power that's given to them when we're talking about social capital, cultural capital, and social power. They only have what's given to them. If we all stopped paying attention to a single person for the next 60 days, their power goes from, I'll give you an example with Donald Trump, since we're on that topic. If everybody stopped paying attention to Donald Trump for the next 60 days, his power would go from what it is to zero immediately. His power would be gone. It's gone. But that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because people who hate him pay attention to him. People who love him pay attention to him. Good luck getting them to all stop. It would be interesting. I mean, it would be an interesting social uh, experiment. But we can't, we can't even get people to get off of Facebook for a day. What are the chances we're going to get people to stop paying attention to Donald Trump? Zero. Zero. Because there's going to be at least one greedy person out there who's like, I can make a buck because if I capture a picture of Donald Trump in Washington, D.C., <laughs> I'm going to be able to sell it and I'm going to make a buck, right? They're going to do that because they want some sense of social capital, cultural capital, and social power. That's how it works. Okay, I hope this helps clarify some of those things. And uh, it, hey, if you have questions, please send them to me. I'm, I'm always open to reading your emails. Uh, you know, the, the email is pretty easy to find. You can check out my website. All that information's coming in just a second. Have a great day. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a look at our website at www.healthyperspectives.com with a dash in between the healthy and the perspectives, make sure there's an S at the end.com. So again, www.healthy-perspectives with an S.com.